Hey beer nerds, welcome to Building Breweries, a beer podcast that's all about the founders and owners of your favorite breweries and the beverage industry issues that they face. Now, I, I ask questions about you know, their story, their beers, and what makes them stand out in this crazy beer market that we have right now. And if you want your brewery uh, featured, well, you can email me, michael at buildingbreweries.com. Also, please remember to uh, subscribe, rate, and share because that helps me out personally a lot. Check out the new blog at www.buildingbreweries.com and be sure to follow Building Breweries on social media because right now, through my friends at Brewgrass Homebrew Supply, you can go on the Building Breweries Facebook right now and see how you can win their deluxe homebrew starter kit. This is an all-inclusive kit that includes, you know, a brew pot, fermenting bucket, hydrometer, thermometer, probably a speedometer. Okay, maybe not, maybe not that, but you know, check out Building Breweries on Facebook right now until December 11th to see the total prize package and see how you can win yourself. Happy to be joined now at the Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. Started in 1993. I am with Dan Streavy. Dan, thank you very much. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are the director of quality, is that right? That's correct. Uh, um, nope, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, yeah, director of quality, what else? Uh, director of quality, and um, you know, I've just recently taken on that title. Prior to that, um, I was holding a title called um, Process Analyst, which gave me a great opportunity to help build this brewery that we're currently sitting in. That's been operational for about three years now. Yeah, and you've had... This, this this location of the facility, yeah, correct, yeah, um, yeah. So you've been for you've been with Avery for a very long time. You've worn a lot of different hats. Uh, when you came on, what year was that, and, and what was your first job here? Well, that's a great question. So uh, my first job here uh, was hired on as a shift brewer back in 2007. We were a very small company at the time. I think I was the 18th hire. We currently have about 200 employees, and we were making about 12 and a half thousand barrels a year. Uh, currently, we're right around that 70,000 barrel mark. So seen a lot of growth and a lot of new faces. You yourself, you have a um, uh, master's in food science. Is that right? Yep. So I went to Colorado State University to do master's in food science. And uh, while I was there, I helped develop the new fermentation science program up there. It's a bachelor's degree for up-and-coming brewers in the industry or people that um, have a, uh, an interest in fermented foods. Yeah. So... Adam and his father, Larry, correct? That's right. Um, they started the brewery. Can you speak on that, that origin story a little bit? Sure thing. So um, brewery, Avery Brewing Company, is still a family-owned brewery by, as you mentioned, Adam Avery and Larry Avery. Larry is what we refer to as the first retiree of the brewery. He retired uh, about uh, eight years ago, shortly after I was hired. You'll still see his face around here every day. Um, he lives in town, and he's, he's a lovely guy to have around and have a beer with. Um, so they started the brewery back in 1993 out on a, a dream from Larry's son, Adam. He called up his dad and said, hey, I want to start a brewery. Uh, at the time, Adam was going to school at uh, Regis University, I think, for law. Um, and I uh, said, Dad, I want to start a brewery. Uh, can you help me out? And Larry cashed out all of his retirement savings um, and just basically gave it to his son on a lot of hope and hope trust and that his son was going to turn it into something great, which he did. So fast forward 23 years later, and uh, Ari, er, Larry and Adam, um, they still work together very closely with one another. And, um, you know, it's just been a great ride ever since. It's had its ups and downs, but right now I think we're we're on the upswing of some, some great stuff happening. Yeah, so just in general terms, can you speak on the, the original facility and maybe what prompted – Obviously, besides 
you know, <laughs> growth, I guess, needing the necessitating it, but the, the new facility as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the original brewery was, um, on Arapaho Avenue. So anybody that's familiar with Boulder 55th and Arapaho, it's, it was kind of the industrial region of Boulder proper. Um, we started off in a garage unit that had about 5,000 square feet and it suited the bill for a long period of time. Um, we grew that facility, um, up to approximately 35,000 barrels a year. So over time, what happened is imagine little shoe boxes, garage units that are 5,000 square feet. And we just started acquiring all the ones next to us, taking them over as we needed more space, kind of getting other people to move out and we would take over their space. And, um, over time, I think we, we ended up at 11 of those garage units. Um, some were warehouse facilities, some were packaging facilities. One of them was the brewery. Um, it got pretty crazy and ultimately we just ran out of room. There was nowhere else to grow, nowhere to shoehorn another 240 barrel fermenter. All of them were outside fighting the, the Colorado elements. Um, so it all kind of came down to what's the next level? What's the next step? And we wanted to grow this brewery into something that became a staple of craft beer in the industry, something that everybody was talking about and everybody had uh, a point to visit when they would come to Colorado. So Adam, uh, he had a vision to create this world-class facility that uh, we're sitting in today and started construction on that in February of 2014, I guess, about three years ago. And um, here we are. So we're sitting in a facility now with a capacity of 150,000 barrels, and we're sitting on a 100 hectoliter Crohn's Staniker brew house, a bunch of really cool equipment behind that, 800 hectoliter tanks, um, and a, a place that's just going to carry us long into the future. Excellent. And, you know, I, I walk in and you have not one, but two dining areas, two fairly large uh, bar, bar areas. How important was it to get, you know, that restaurant um, element to the new brewery, to the new facility? Yeah. So, uh, the restaurant element was, it was a driving focus for the development of the front of the house or the tap room. Um, so really I essentially two objectives. Number one, we couldn't lose the culture, the culture of our old brewery. It was one of those you know, hole in the wall, dark alley. You had to know where we were. You had to seek us out to come have a beer there. And, um, that's how we got a lot of our really strong, dedicated fan base. You know, people knew wherever he was, um, or they brought their friends there, and it was it was one of those hidden secrets of Boulder. There, if you were at Avery, the old Avery, then you you were really there for a special reason. Um, and we wanted to keep that that environment and that that culture going on. So, if you look at our two tap rooms, the bottom floor is pretty reminiscent of the, the old facility. Um, it's got the red tables, the picnic tables. That if anybody has been to the old place, we still have those here. Uh, it's got kind of that crowded brew pub feel to it where it's a little noisier and uh it feels really intimate as far as just being part of the beer culture knowing the bartender knowing the things that are happening on behind the bar um you feel like you're part of the scene there uh we also wanted to have a kind of upscale fine dining feeling and atmosphere as well where we could showcase the the higher end things that we've brought into this facility um you know, beyond the, the facility itself, the equipment, um, the kitchen, the restaurant, the, the people that are running the place. I mean, we took a huge step up in, in, in our game here. And um, we wanted a restaurant that showcased that. So the upstairs restaurant, it's a little bit more quiet. It's a place that you can have a conversation with, you know, whoever you've invited to dinner or lunch that day and um, really have an opportunity to soak in what Avery is without 
you know, already kind of knowing what's going on. So uh, the two dining rooms, they have a very different atmosphere, but they also are very Avery at the end of the day. Just uh, can you speak on, in, you know, what Boulder is like in general for people that have never been to the area before? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Boulder is a college town of, um, you know, population fluctuates depending on whether school's in session or not. But I think right now uh, with school in session, we're a little over 100,000 people that live here. Um, again, very college-oriented, college town. Um, but it's also a, a great place to raise your family, and it's a high-tech um educated community as well so a lot of the big aerospace and technology companies are here and uh that creates a very very young business space a lot of young families are out here and um trying to appeal to that's pretty important to us so very outdoorsy as well we've got the rocky mountains in our backyard uh near a ski resort is half an hour drive from where we're sitting today so uh people come here to indulge in the outdoor experience and sports and also indulge in the the culture of you know young boulder colorado you know very young population here so it's it's a great place to do all those things so i read an article over the summer and and keep in mind you know we're kind of in a in a height of the uh the hazy ipa craze right now i think you see you see everybody doing one and it's kind of everywhere right now and i remember reading an article back in the summer about how avery who might appreciate you know, the brewery might appreciate that style, but you might not be interested in, in doing it yourselves. Is that still the case? And if, if so, why or why not? So you, you bring up a really, um, I wouldn't say heated topic, but one that I think everybody in the industry is talking about and what's going on with New England IPA. So uh, personally, I think a New England IPA, it's a delicious beer style. Um, I personally enjoy them. We don't get a whole lot of them in Boulder, but when friends from the East Coast show up with them, I definitely seek them out and steal their beers. Um, but I think for Avery Brewing, we focus on what is Colorado and Colorado beer styles in general. Uh, you look around the area and you look at the Colorado breweries that have been successful in the area, the, the Avery's, the the Odell's, the, the Great Divides, and you know what makes these people successful? It's catering towards the palate of the Colorado beer consumer. You know, we're one of the highest brewery per capita states in the country. Um, we drink a lot of beer here and we're proud of it. So the New England IPA thing, um, again, I think it's a great style for us. I understand the merits of it and we understand what makes New England IPA what it is. The hazy component of it is definitely part of it. And the New England IPA is something where they're, they're designing their beers to be hazy, which I'm totally okay with. Um, for us, sure, we can make a hazy IPA and we could blow the the socks off hop aroma and hop flavor and try to emulate what those guys are doing but that doesn't speak to the technology and speak to avery in general and the colorado beer style that we're trying to make um so it's again a tough tough question to answer you know we're not gonna go out there and try to be the next trillium or um you know the next treehouse you know those guys they've got their market and I, i respect everything that they're doing and um you know they they made a style for that you know we're trying to make a style for what makes colorado beer great and some of our beers and some of the beers that i talked about we make some hazy beers that are designed to be hazy and be very flavorful and be very colorado centric um but you know we're at the end of the day we're not trying to emulate their styles and be be those guys we're trying to be us and create our identity and all this is said in in, with keeping in mind that if I have my information correct, Avery was one of the first to can an IPA in Colorado. So it's a very rich history of 
you know, IPAs in Avery. In Absolutely. Yeah. So color or in Colorado, um, Avery was the first to package an IPA, um, our Avery IPA, very creative name there. <laughs> um, was the first packaged IPA it was in bottles and draft at the time. And, um, I think it was one of the first ones to go in cans as well. Uh, other, a few other people. Definitely smaller, packaged. Yeah, uh, I misspoke, yeah, but definitely yeah. packaged may have been the can. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, so our, our originally IPA, it was very hot forward. It was hop centric. And at the time, um, in the late nineties there, it was very, very innovative. Not a lot of people were making beer like that. And, um, our IPA is actually the Avery IPA. It's, it's matured quite a bit over the years and it's changed a lot. I think that's one of the beers in my tenure of the nine years I've been here. It's, it's changed the most. Um, and we're, we're trying to keep the, the brand alive and keep the identity of, of that brand a little bit fluid so that it matches what the market's looking for today. And I think, I think every brewery, um, should try to do that with their brands, make sure that their brands are keeping up with the times and not getting left behind. You know, it's, it's a very challenging thing to do. How do you take a brand and, um, keep your public engaged, um, without changing it so much that it's a completely different beer, but you know, it's something that we all have to look at. The, the beverage scene in general, as far as, you know, what is being released, it's changing constantly. Um, the, the, the crazier things get, uh, you know, there's, there's a market for, there's a time and place for it, but the more I seem to fall back on, you know, maybe just good traditional German style beers, um, so I always appreciate when, when I, when I'm given one. So right before we started recording, uh, you, you brought me a beer. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, my first job before working at Avery, I used to work at a little brewery up in Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, it was a great get out of college and go work in a ski town. And I, I created an appreciation for German style lagers while I was working there. Um, and that's something that I think most craft brewers deep down, they've got a very deep, profound appreciation for is just the old traditional styles of beer and what it can bring to the table. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the standard that we should all keep in the back of our minds. So at Avery, we make a lot of really badass IPAs, very strong 16, 17% barrel aged beers. And we're extremely proud of those, but we also have a small little portfolio of two style old traditional beers. Um, so the one that we're drinking today, um, is a German style fest or Hellas beer. Um, it's got a pretty fun story behind it. So we're working on a new release. I won't spill the beans yet on what that beer is going to be, but it will be a lager. And um, one of the brewers I was brewing a pilot batch for it forgot to put a couple of especially malts in there that would have kind of would have had a big impact on the, the overall visual appearance of this beer that we're drinking today. It's, it's called a, it's, it's a nice golden color, right? Yeah, now. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, nice golden traditional style looking lager. And um, we, we named the beer called Quitting Time. Um, it just came to us out of the circumstances of how the beer was made. So the beer had a few malts that got negated, left out. Um, and we we're running the beer through a finishing cellar, getting ready to put it into uh, kegs and cans for some test beers on this new lager I'm not going to spill the beans on yet. And we're like, oh, this does not look at anything like what it's supposed to be, but it tastes amazing. It tastes great. And, uh, we started looking back and we, we ran inventory reports on this beer. Like, Oh, well, it's pretty easy to figure out what happened here. This brewer left some malts out. So, uh, what are we going to do? Um, this brewer, uh, won't mention any names. He also took on a, a great opportunity to be a head brewer at a, another local brewery in, in, in the Denver area. Um, 
he gave us our, our two weeks notice right before making this beer. So he was on his way out. This beer is perfect for after work, quitting time. So you put the two together. Uh, we named the beer called It's Quitting Time. And uh, it worked out pretty well to be a little play on the, the situation of how this beer came to be. But uh, it also, again, goes back to us as brewers trying to keep a couple traditional beers in, in our portfolio and up our sleeves to really look back on our roots and uh, appreciate these old beer styles. So what, what's challenging Avery these days? Um, I think the most challenging thing at Avery is the market. So don't quote me on the numbers because it seems to change every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's something like 6,000 breweries in the U.S. today. Close to it, if not already, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know everybody's making great, innovative, awesome beers. You take 6,000 breweries and you... You, you give them three or four releases a year, you're talking 18,000 new beers a year that our customers are trying to you know, get an appreciation for and uh, that the brewers are trying to find a market for. Um, as a, a beer consumer, I love craft beer. Uh, I don't get out to the market as much as I should and check out the beer shelves, but I, every once in a while I, I do get out there and buy a couple of my local favorites. And you know, even me, a guy in the, that's been in the industry for 11 years, I get a little overwhelmed. There's a lot of different beer styles out there, and it's hard to pick and choose at times. So I think the biggest challenge for us is to have an identity that draws new customers in and keeps our old dedicated customers uh, coming back to Avery. And I, I would say that most brewers are facing the same challenges today. You mentioned the, uh, the maybe the, the German style lager uh, coming up sometime uh, in the next year. What else is in store for Avery in 2018? Um, so we've got uh, three national releases that we're talking about. Um, that you know will be 12 ounce can draft stuff. Um, so it's a German style lager. Another one's a really cool IPA that we've been working on for a long time. And then one I'm not going to say anything about because it's uh, it's going to blow everybody's socks off, hopefully. Um, so those are the, the big three that we're talking about getting out there in the next year. Um, on top of that, we got all our fun barrel-age projects. You know, right now uh, we're talking, well, we're releasing a beer called Fimbelwinter. Um, it's a Norse word for the last winter, essentially, meaning that this is the biggest, the the best, the the most harsh, the most insane you've ever seen for winters. Um, the beer is, it's really badass. It's, um, a very light colored, um, 16, I think it actually clocked in around 17% ABV, rum barrels, all sorts of crazy things that are going to blow your palate. So it's, you know, it kind of steps back onto our strengths as a brewery of making these crazy badass beers. Um, so that's coming out and then we've got a whole bunch of different things in the works that, um, our R and D group, our research and development group have been working night and day on, on getting things figured out for 2018. And, um, it's going to be a fun year. We got a lot of cool surprises for our fans and hopefully uh, a lot of cool stuff that's going to bring new fans to the Avery team. I can't wait to see it. Dan, thanks so much. Michael, thanks for your time. Um, and, uh, yeah, please come back anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thank you.